Welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 130, I think. Forgot to check. Emergency show, Ryan. Happy Mando Day. Woo! Happy Mando Day! Mando Day, Disney Plus Day. This is Ryan. Ryan's joining me for the show, as he always uh-huh. does. Yeah. Ryan, you are the architect of this show, in fact. Um, uh-huh. Put the show notes together and uh, and told me, look, dude, this show needs to take... Hey, Mando, we got to do this show, you know? Mm-hmm. You were like... You texted me today and you were like, look, The Mandalorian, the first episode was great. We got to do a show tonight. I have spoken. And uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I went yeah. full Nolte. <laughs> oh my God, Nolte. So good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you put the notes together and uh, we're going to talk about our impressions of chapter one of The Mandalorian. Our, our plan had been, you know what? Um, it, we know it's going to be good, but if it's just pretty good, then, you know, over the weekend when we normally record, we'll just talk about chapter one and two of the Mandalorian and other stuff. And, Mm -hmm. um, it it became apparent watching this episode that no, it's too good, um, to do Mm -hmm. that. And there'll be plenty to talk about this weekend anyway. So let's talk chapter one tonight. And, uh, and the Disney plus experience is that we're going to start out with the Disney plus experience. Yeah. Um, okay. A few things. First of all, uh, pour one out for our Star Wars Resistance recaps uh-huh. <laughs> because uh, those are probably not going to happen for <laughs> the next uh, eight weeks. Yeah. Um, I kind of like well, just talking about them every once in a while. The show is, you yeah. know, or big episodes, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um, also, spoilers. Watch the watch the show. Oh, watch yeah. Watch The Mandalorian. I'll put um, that in the title and all over the notes, but yeah, this is, uh, you don't yeah. want it spoiled. Yeah. Um and we have it, listeners, not a lot, but we have listeners. Uh, and not only do we not have a lot of listeners, we don't have a lot of listeners in uh, Europe, uh, in England, in Europe. I think I don't think anyone in Europe is getting it until like March, right? If that's, I think that's the case. Australia gets it next week, which is great for our mm-hmm. Australian friends. Um, but uh, shout out to Force Material. Yes, exactly. Probably our only Australian. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they get it next week, so that's great for them. I don't know about Japan. I think Japan's a ways off too, aren't they? Mm, I'll have to check with Kevin. Yeah, he's been talking. Kevin's Japan, been talking Kevin. about it. Yes, Kevin. Yeah. Japan has been talking about it on Twitter a little bit today, but um, I know he doesn't have it yet. So I don't even think they've announced it for Japan, to be honest with you, because Japan has some other Disney Deluxe, it's called, or something. And uh, oh, I don't yeah. think Disney Plus is even announced for it. And he was kind of hoping that The Mandalorian would just show up on that service, but I don't think that's what happened. Anyway, the show's going to be full of spoilers. We don't want to spoil mm-hmm. it for people who um, can't see it yet. So um, Don't listen. Uh, yeah, and maybe look into a VPN if you're in one of the places where it's a long mm-hmm. way away. But anyway, all right, Disney Plus. Sorry, Ryan, I interrupted. No, yeah. Okay, so Disney Plus. Um so I woke up at about a little before midnight. Um, I've been a bit sick. Um, I've had some like sinus and coughing stuff. So um, there's also like I'm here talking, but there's also a lot of cold medicine talking right now. So uh, I just want to put that disclaimer out there. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I 
um, woke up in a coughing fit and I didn't want to keep like my wife awake. Um, so I came out in the living room and I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, go on, <laughs> go on Twitter, whatever. It's just like the default thing I do when my brain is off and my hands are need to be occupied so I'm just like laying on the couch coughing looking on Twitter and people are like whoa episode one of the Mandalorian (laughs) and I was like what it's like uh, it's not even midnight I thought it wasn't going up until like four in the morning or something yeah it was quite a saga yesterday because I saw Alex Kane um, tweeted yesterday that he had heard from someone at Lucasfilm that uh, that it would be up at midnight and then but Disney Plus's website had a countdown that seemed like it was more like six in the morning Eastern time, and um, there was no official word as far as that stuff goes. But there were like fairly official sources, like an Alex Kane, you know, people like that, other journalists who were kind of reporting different things. So it was sort of like very tough to know what was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I woke up this morning and saw, um, you know, that it did go live sometime around. Probably was it midnight Eastern? you think or maybe two in the morning eastern or something but yeah yeah i mean it was like but like i said before midnight mountain time Mm. so yeah wow so uh, pacific time west coast fans left coast fans could have Mm. been watching it like right before bed 11 o'clock yeah wow crazy okay so did you watch it in the like you must have watched it because no because i was like I was all groggy and like I knew I needed to like go back to sleep. But what I did, um, which turned out to be a good call, was I got the app on all of my devices, um, including my phone. And I was just playing around with the app, um, waiting for the cough medicine to kick in. And um, I was, so I was looking at it on my phone and I saw the option to download episodes. So I was like, Oh, well I'll just, uh, I'll just download the episode one of the Mandalorian just in case like I wake up and it's like a mess or whatever. Um, so I did that and then went back to bed. And then when I woke up, the service worked fine. Um, I ended up watching on, um, my PS4 and um, using the app there because um, the the Roku app that was built into my TV was a little sketch. Uh, it just ran really slow and like there was like input lag and stuff. So I was like, well, this is probably not the place I want to be watching this stuff. So um, I did the PS4 one and it, it worked great until everything went down <laughs> oh yeah whoops turned my mic off okay so uh you downloaded it uh the, the episode to your phone plus you had the ps4 app going so everything's good um i uh woke up a couple times uh actually it's funny i woke up at like 4 a.m and i was like oh is it mando time yet because i was assuming it was gonna be <laughs> Well, I wanted to sleep. I needed sleep. I went to work today and all that stuff. So, but I, I was, I woke up a couple times. I usually do, but I woke up like four or something. I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, four or something. I was like, I think, 
6 Eastern is when it goes live. So I'll just go back to bed, which I'm glad I did because I wouldn't have really wanted to be awake from like 4.15 to 5 watching the episode. And then my alarm set for 5.45 anyway. So I set my alarm for 5 this morning. Um, woke up and watched it then. It was awesome. Then went around my, went about my daily routine. Um, but uh, yeah, I used the iOS app because um, I was like, well, it's 5 in the morning. I don't, it's really cold in Rockford now. It's like five degrees last night at that time probably i was like i just want to stay in bed i got my airpods there just put the headphones in and watched it that way and it was great so yeah (laughs) so i watched it on the ipad um and i mean ipad is a higher resolution Mm. uh screen than my tv is anyways you know what i mean so um Mm. it it was definitely nice and i'm gonna go downstairs when we're done recording and watch it with the fam um in surround sound on the big tv and all that so it'll be cool too but um but yeah i used the the ipad app and um, you can download the episodes, like you said. I did notice that the uh, quality was a little sketch, as you say. I kind of like that term, Ryan. I mean, I've heard it before, mm. but you don't know, use it too often. You brought that up. I kind of like that. It was a little sketch. The uh, quality was a little sketch. Um, and so I noticed on the iOS app, you have to default it, or I should say the default is to the lowest quality video stream. Um, so I downloaded the episode and it was only 250 megabytes or something. And I was like, well, that seems sketch. You know what I mean? That's a little sketch mm-hmm. right there. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I had to change the settings and then, um, it was great, but like at five in the morning, um, central time. So, you know, six Eastern, four Pacific, whatever, um, or three Pacific. And the service was working great. There were no hiccups. I downloaded the episode, no problem. Streaming it to my iPad was fine. Um, so yeah, it, it all worked out really well. I know that, um, from from looking online, I didn't have any time to, you know, check the service at all during the day today. But uh, from seeing online that um, people struggled with it or it was down for a time, so uh, I was just happy it was it was running. Then uh, I hope it's back up now. I haven't checked, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's been in and out probably right all day. So, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But uh, but yeah, so so the apps are up. Um, Kevin was saying he was having trouble finding it on his TV, but he's got a Samsung TV. And so it's not Roku and it's not like Chromecast or whatever they call the Google version, you know. So it's a smart TV, but it's the Samsung one, which I'm sure is uh, good quality, but maybe the distribution is uh, not quite as like, you know, snappy because they're not supporting like, you know, Fire Sticks and Apple TVs and all that stuff. They're just supporting just the OS on the TV. So I could see where they might be the last one to kind of update and get that out. But anyway, if it's 2019 Hmm. and you want to watch and you live in a place where they've put the service up, you have a device that'll play it, and it'll be fine, I'm sure. Today's rough, but uh, but yeah, it should be good. So, Have you have you checked to see if the Switch app is up? Oh my, they are bringing it to Switch, aren't they? Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. No, Ooh. I have not. I haven't checked that. Yeah. I haven't checked that. <laughs> I will definitely put it on my Switch. Um, nice. I couldn't change my profile picture today, though. I was really trying to change my profile mm. picture, and I couldn't pull that off. Uh, I think the service was down or something. So anyway, yeah. Um, ooh, okay. Uh, yeah. So what else, Ryan? Oh, the 4K versions of the movies. Yeah, you yeah. have a 4K TV, and we're actually able to mm-hmm. look at that stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. I watched. Um, I watched like the first half of A New Hope today. Also, I I uh, called in to work today, um, partially because i was sick but i think it was also like you know disney plus launching uh maybe i wouldn't have otherwise my god you can't admit that on the air ryan this is going out to the multitudes that's true hey i you know i'm being honest i'm bringing my whole self to work um (laughs) but yeah no i was actually like 
pretty gross and sick and like i <laughs> i i actually had um i was like i'm gonna just binge disney plus all day and um at about 11 this morning um i fell asleep and slept until about 20 minutes before we started recording tonight <laughs> oh nice so, okay well rested um, yeah so it was actually probably good but um so i watched um i watched mandalorian twice i watched um a few episodes of clone wars i watched some bonus features for uh, star wars films and i watched half of a new hope and um a new hope looked great um it was uh i mean i don't i'm not like well versed enough to be like oh that's you know 1440p checkerboarded up to 4k or whatever like i don't know if it's like how like how good the 4k transfer was but it looked crazy good on my tv yeah well um i don't think it's a fake uh 4k i think it's legit um and the reason i say that is because of the uh what how do we say it mcclunky mcclunky how do you say it mcclunky 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 yeah for those for those who haven't heard yet um greedo now says mcclunky right before he gets shot by han solo in a new hope and uh we haven't seen that before and so um lucasfilm um, in, in Anthony Bresnikin, um, Vanity Fair piece, I think, I don't know if they confirmed it. I didn't get a chance to look at it yet, but I don't know if they confirmed it to Anthony or if Anthony was using, um, what was going on online to confirm, but one way or another, um, it has been confirmed, uh, via Pablo Hidalgo and other sources, I think within Lucasfilm that, um, George Lucas was the one who, wanted to change it to McClunky or whatever. And it was during the 4k transfer process. So, um, cause you never know. I mean, it, it could be one of those things where they take the Blu-ray and then they like, you know, uh, re output it at 4k resolution, but the source that is not 4k. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, what different, you know what I mean? Or it's upscaled or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. but no, I think these are the 4k transfers that we we've known that they exist. I mean, uh, people have talked about watching it in 4k at Lucasfilm in their theater and stuff. So, it's not been a secret that they did the 4K versions, but uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that Disney just sort of stealth was like, well, let's put as much 4K stuff on the app as we can. So we've got them. We'll put them up. I've been expecting a big uh, 4K like box set release after the Rise of Skywalker. I imagine we'll get that still. Um, but, you know, the uh, future, I guess, is streaming. And so why wait for that if people can watch it on their Disney Plus accounts? So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if they were going to, like, put those up eventually anyways, like, why not just do it now? Like, give people, you know, the best stuff right now. Right, um, for sure. Uh, and, and it's the prequels, too, are in 4K, which those have never been released in 4K. Yeah. Um, and I'm really um, curious about for, that one. Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens has not been. First, yeah. And it's uh, Dolby as uh, well. Dolby HDR or Dolby Atmos or both? Atmos, Atmos I Atmos believe. Sound. Okay, yeah, that's new. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, because I'm sure that it played in Atmos in some theaters maybe. Although, I don't know, Atmos is pretty new. I don't know if that was around in 2015. But, um, but yeah, the the original trilogy obviously never been in 4K. Force Awakens never been. Uh, prequels never been released in 4K. Really curious about what they're doing with um, Attack of the Clones too. Maybe somebody knows. But uh, I believe Attack of the Clones was shot in 1080p because um, they were using digital cameras at the time. And uh, So I don't really know how they would do the 4K thing there. They, they might have had to fake it with, the te- well, might have had to. I think they had to fake it with Attack of the Clones because I don't believe 4K reference footage exists, but I'm sure it still looks great. I'm not that worried about it. I don't have 4K TV, so, you know. Yeah, I don't have, I mean, I have a 4K TV, but it doesn't have HDR, Ah. and I've heard some of the HDR is insane. Someone was uh, tweeting about watching Empire Strikes Back, and they were just, like, blown away by, like, the the lighting and stuff right and the color timing on the blu-rays is suspect it's sketch uh actually the color timing is a little sketch on Mm -hmm. those um and so yeah we need uh i'm sure there's a million film sites i don't know about that do this but uh the way digital foundry will go in and really pick apart the the technical details of a video game release you know um or a piece of hardware i would love to see somebody do that with um these 4k HDR versions of the Star Wars movies and compare them to, you know, other versions. So, um, but yeah, that stuff is awesome. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I want to get into the Mandalorian ASAP, but I'm a little disappointed about the bonus feature stuff. Cause I had seen that the bonus yeah. features or extras were there, but it's like, it, it seems to me that it's about as many as they can fit on one page without like going beyond like a certain number of drop down, you know, whatever. Because there's, mm. there's like a lot of stuff that's not there for all of them, and oh yeah, and there's it's like a ton missing. And like I saw that some movies have deleted scenes, and then other movies have like featurettes. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't know if the Force Awakens deleted scenes were there, but I saw the featurettes yeah, they were there. They are. Yeah. I don't know about all of them though, because it looked like it was just one page that you could I, look at. I watched, um, I watched a few of them. Okay, I was like just, I, I pretty much watched one thing from each. Movie, um, movie, okay. and uh, some of that's like it's. Uh, I mean, they definitely didn't go back and improve the quality, like the video quality of any of that stuff. Oh, okay, I can tell you for sure. Um, <laughs> like I was watching one of like the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, uh deleted scenes the um shock t one and it's like it's in like a sega cd video window basically (laughs) like it's and it's like and it's super like artifact and yeah uh yeah did not look good that scene rules though yeah uh the force awakens i just looked at it um that's what that sound was is my uh app opening up there but um the deleted scenes are there. The featurettes are not there. Yeah. Um, but then there's this blips thing at the bottom that they have. Yeah. Not blips, but something like that, like emoji, Force Awakens in mm-hmm. emoji. Actually, that might be from the guy who did the, uh, who's doing the the roll, the roll out or whatever, the BB-8 thing. Oh, yeah. That's probably oh, what that is. Oh, those are great. I love those. Yeah. So I'll have to watch that. But, um, but like then Rogue One. I think had all the featurettes, but not deleted. I don't know. It's it's wild. It's did it's, Rogue One even have deleted scenes? Maybe not. I don't know. The commentaries aren't there. That's the one thing 
Cause like, yeah. like you, if I wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes I go downstairs and lay on the couch cause I don't want to wake people up. Um, and I'll like put headphones in and just like let the commentaries put me to sleep, which I love doing. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I don't have to buy the digital versions of these movies now because I can just, you know, use the app cause they're all up there. But, uh, I don't know. Those things go on sale for 10 bucks. So I have like half of the star Wars movies on yeah. Apple, you know, whatever, uh, iTunes, whatever you call it. And, um, a lot of the features are there, but even on those versions, all the bonus features from the Blu-rays and DVDs aren't there. So it is um, what it is. Yeah. Well, I'm going to segue us into The Mandalorian by talking about um, two of the features um, for that is, for one, there's a ton of languages. Um, they had, like, it's weird for, like, not actually having an international release of the um, app that there's um, all these international versions or, but I mean, I guess like, okay, that like came off like weirdly xenophobic. Um, No, (laughs) but like, well, I mean, I guess like launching the app in in America, it's appropriate to have, um, you know, tons of languages. Yeah. Um, because there's tons of languages in America, even though there's like a, a few predominant ones. Um, but I thought that was really cool that they had all the um, all all the different languages. Um, and there also something else that was really cool was um, oh, I don't know what it's called. Is it um, adaptive audio? Maybe. Um, where it's, like, the show's audio and, um, a, like, narrator explaining, um, the action. Right, um, right, 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 right. Um, they had that there, um, right away as well, which is also awesome for, like, Heart of Seeing fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was, uh, really cool. Um, I don't know if this was universal, but, um, I haven't actually tried on my, um, on the iOS app, but, um, the subtitles, the closed captioning, um, there was no option for closed captioning on, uh, the, my TV app, Mm. the Roku one. Um, and then the, um, closed captions just didn't work on ps4 like i would select them and they just weren't showing up huh but they were there on ios i haven't checked oh okay gotcha Gotcha. um but that was uh kind of i mean definitely disappointing for um fans who are hard of hearing sure sure yeah um hmm, that's that's weird yeah i would think especially new content would definitely have the subtitles ready to go so maybe that's a bug or you know whatever i don't know Hopefully, but um, cool. Anyways, Mandalorian. Let's talk Mandalorian. Yes. Okay. Uh, Well, it was weird (laughs) um, because, like, I mean, us specifically, we had seen a ton of this footage. Yeah. And we had seen it um, from being at the panel in uh, Chicago in Uh the auditorium. Um, and we had seen like kind like one of these scenes play out. We had seen the uh, Werner Herzog 
scene pretty much in its entirety, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we've also seen a a ton of these um visuals and like um yeah, like a lot of the the battle sequences and stuff that we'd already yeah. seen a lot of, and um and the audio narration as well from uh from uh Werner Herzog yes yes as well yes. noted he's... Wrestlemania fan Werner Herzog <laughs> yeah who's uh never seen a Star War or any any John Favreau content no he hasn't but he's seen a lot of Wrestlemanias yeah <laughs> oh yep. my god yep. so good <laughs> uh-huh yeah um so he uh his audio that we have had mean a few different things or be referring to a few different things in the course of um you know uh the marketing i guess mm-hmm. um but we saw it in its full context finally in this uh video so like um yeah it like the show felt like weirdly familiar but like also like uh, very, like not knowing what's gonna happen next. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. Like I, I've seen a lot of this. I'm familiar with these setups and stuff, but I don't really know how everything's gonna shake out, sort of thing. Um, yeah, for sure. No, hundred percent. Um, I mean, I basically knew how the battle sequences were gonna go. I guess you'd say, although mm-hmm. the the last one with IG11, um, I guess there was a little tension there about how's this all gonna shake out or whatever. But you know, mm-hmm. we'd seen a lot of that stuff, and and that's cool. I mean, I think that's the right stuff to put in a trailer to hook people. Um, but it's not uncommon these days with uh, with Star Wars projects. I think TV shows or movies to if it's a movie uh, to feel like, oh, okay, I've seen a lot of this stuff in the trailers in the first like third or half of the movie, and then for the second half to be very new and you know you've maybe seen a couple shots from it but they they mm-hmm. they definitely i mean why wouldn't they but they they definitely kind of pick heavily from the beginning of something to to you know get you your appetite wetted um with the trailer but um but then they they kind of don't show you too much from later on whether that's a season of tv or a movie or whatever so um mm-hmm. when it when 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 i was getting to the end of the episode and i was like okay i've seen a lot of footage of pretty much almost every sequence from this episode. I kind of got excited because I was like, that means I really haven't seen anything from the remaining, what, seven episodes, right? So Yeah, um, totally. I felt the same way. Because like watching the trailer, <laughs> it's like I can't think of a shot in those trailers. I mean, a couple, there's some stuff at night and there's a few things with like, I guess in that in that, that more recent trailer, the one we watched where it was like, well, there's not much to say because it's a lot of stuff we've already seen. There was, I guess, quite a few shots in that one that we haven't seen yet, but nothing like major yeah. Like how we'd seen long sequences and lots of shots from the stuff in this yeah. episode. Yeah, I mean, I think like the big things um, coming forward that we've seen but haven't like really seen mm-hmm. um, is like around like Cara Dune. Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely had that uh, deja vu kind of feeling watching some of it mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you have here that the stream looked amazing. Um, yep. I thought mm-hmm. so too. Again, I only watched on a small iPad screen, but it is pretty high resolution, and uh, I thought it looked great as well. Um, definitely, I will say though, um, well, it's not a negative thing at all, but it it definitely has a distinct look. I feel like, and mm-hmm. a distinct tone for sure, and a distinct look. And I saw a lot of reactions this morning on Twitter that were like, 
oh, it feels just like the original trilogy. It feels just like the original trilogy. And I was like, eh, mm-hmm. I think you want it to. And or what you mean by that is there's a lot of like stuff that you've seen in the original trilogy. Because I don't think like the look of it, the look is like really crisp and really desaturated and also very modern looking in a lot of ways. Not the costumes yeah. and stuff. I mean, that stuff looks like 70s Star Wars. A lot of it does. But overall, it looks like a very modern show, I feel like. It has a very modern soundtrack. The The storytelling and pacing and stuff is really different from a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the idea that it feels a lot like the uh, original trilogy, that's how I felt watching The Force Awakens. And I feel like that's true of The Force Awakens. Although I don't, even that doesn't look that much like the original trilogy. It looks pretty new and pretty modern, but it felt more like the original trilogy. So um, I don't know. I think it has a pretty distinct look and feel, uh, which I'm happy about. You know, I think that's great. Yeah, it actually reminded me most of Rogue One. Yeah, totally, um, totally. Like, I think uh, a lot of the same sensibilities came in where it's like, these like a younger generation of filmmakers with access to like the best equipment and like a very modern uh education on filmmaking like taking what they love about star wars whereas i felt like what jj did with uh force awakens was for like a lot of those visual that visual tone um like, I think he went, um, I don't know, he he brought, like, a different skill set. Mm-hmm. And, like, we knew that he, you know, had, he has a soft spot for, like, emulating filmmaking techniques from um, the 70s and 80s. Like, I mean, if you look at something like Super 8 or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I feel like, gareth edwards brought like a really like modern digital filmmaking uh experience to rogue one Mm -hmm. and um obviously john favreau and dave filoni are both coming from very digital filmmaking uh places as well but they also are like you know they have in their heads like what star wars looks like so it's kind of like the the films from the 70s and 80s filtered through like a 2019 tech lens yeah i'd love to see a couple episodes on a big screen you know because part of me feels like i keep wanting to say that it looks like a tv show but like in the best possible way like not in a negative way at all and i feel like in 2019 it really shouldn't even be interpreted as a negative thing to look like a tv show Mm -hmm. but you know i do feel like it's like okay like the the quality of effects, the quality of the whole project. I mean, it just like, it looks so good. Um, but I, I do feel a little bit like it, but it doesn't look really like one of the movies very much. It looks like it definitely has a distinct kind of thing. And I can't tell if that's like, eh, it kind of looks like a TV show or if it's just, this is a new star Wars thing from a different team and it looks a little different. But if I saw it up on a big screen, I'd be like, this looks like a movie. It's just a different, like in the way rogue one looks different from force awakens. I didn't, watch Rogue One and think well that looks like a TV show I just thought oh it's a different looking kind of movie and if mm-hmm. I saw this on a big screen I might think the same thing about Mandalorian because I, I don't think there was a single moment where I was like eh, I don't know about these effects you know or like eh, it's not up to snuff like it, it looked fantastic yeah. do you mean like a big screen like a big TV or like a theater screen yeah I mean like a theater a screen theater. I mean like if they screened okay. it in a movie theater somewhere you know okay. what I mean what would I think um, although yeah it's I true I have love that it. yeah yeah 
see, this is probably the thing that they should. This is. I know Dave Filoni was not his choice, and he probably didn't like the idea of of them making a Clone Wars movie into <laughs> oh, a God, movie. But yeah. like, this is yep. probably the project where it would have been like, hey, take take the pilot I did and and put it on a movie screen, not maybe Clone mm-hmm. Wars, <laughs> you know, uh, season one or whatever. So yeah. Well, hopefully, I'm sure we're not the only ones thinking that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and then sound-wise, uh, I've only watched it once, like I said, and I watched it on AirPods, which are, you know, mm-hmm. decent headphones, but nothing amazing. Um, looks like you watched it on a PlayStation Gold headset, which um, does the emulated uh, surround sound. So, um, sound cool? Yeah, it's uh, it's virtual 7.1. Um, not really even sure what that means, but, uh, it's, I've, I've always loved, um, loved that wireless headset. Um, I use it for a lot of like my, um, film watching or when I'm playing like a really big game, like Battlefront or God of War Jedi Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Like this is the headset I like to use. Um, and yeah, like it, uh, the soundscape was like really dense um and you know that's kind of those one of those things that like oh it's lucasfilm of course it's gonna have like great audio and video production but like it's also a tv show on a streaming service like you can't like take that sort of stuff for granted um but yeah like it i mean it felt like seeing a star wars movie in the theater like Mm -hmm. at least audio wise Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's definitely got like a a really cool sound. Uh, I've only seen it once, you know, I'll, I'll have probably more thoughts on this as we get further into watching the show, but uh, it has a cool sparse kind of thing going on a lot of times mm-hmm. too, though, which I like. And the soundtrack I think is really cool and different. So different from star Wars. Um, although I will say like, I wondered, I mean, I'm sure they must've used um, real strings and stuff for the, for the more orchestral sounding parts. But like a lot of the soundtrack is more like, I don't know if it's guitar or just like synthesizers and flutes and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's only a few times that I remember from watching the episode where you got more like of a, you know, strings, like orchestra type sound, you know, traditional Star Wars type music. And mm-hmm. I do remember thinking like, I don't know, maybe it was my headphones. I'm not sure. But I, I remember thinking kind of like, this sounds like a little more like video game strings, like the soundtrack for like a video game than it does for like a movie, mm. you know? Uh, so I just wondered if they used like real strings. I would be shocked if they didn't though. I mean, they, they even had episodes of Rebels where they like did a real, <laughs> did real strings and stuff yeah. instead of just synth. But that, but then again, maybe mm-hmm. this is what this this composer is more into. You know, if he's if he's done a lot of that kind of stuff, and I'm sure there's a certain texture and feel to sampled strings versus real ones. Maybe that's more his, you know, what he's into. I don't know. Um, I'm sure we'll find out more about it, and uh, I'm definitely curious to hear more about that process. But, um. I don't know. Um, at the risk of sounding uh, uh, lame, the 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 flute or whatever it is, the recorder. I think it's a recorder. Uh, uh-huh. Like the diegetic sound when he was like calling the speeders or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was so cool! I was like, was so good. I'm the flute. And I'm watching the dude or the recorder. I'm here. I'm watching the dude play it. I loved it. That was so cool. Oh, perfect. So. Yeah. So the composer here um, is Ludwig Granson um swedish so i'm sure i pronounced that very poorly but this was just using um you know uh american english phonics um but he is a frequent uh ryan coogler uh collaborator he is a young dude 
um, for a film composer. <laughs> um, he is younger than us. Um, and he worked on, like, Creed and Fruitville Station and uh, Black Panther with uh, Ryan Coogler. So, uh, a super interesting choice. I had never really, um, you know, thought about his, uh, like, his music and stuff. But, like, when watching Black Panther, like, there's other things that are, like, top of mind to me when watching that movie. Um, so now I do kind of want to, like, rewatch it with uh, the soundtrack in mind. But, like, when I feel like going into a Star Wars movie, like, <laughs> there's at least 25% of my brain going into Star Wars anything that's, like, going to be totally focused on the music. Yeah. And, um, and so, like, in this, like, you notice the music right away. <laughs> like, it's not, there. it's not really, like, ambiance or, like, you know, um, refrains of, um, you know, past music or anything like that. It's, like, from that very first scene, like, this is weird. It's uh, totally different. Um, probably the most different music we've ever had in a Star Wars project. I would say so, because even Clone Wars, Kevin uh, Kiner, is it? I think, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, you know, George sort of told him like, let's do something different sound wise, you know? And, and so they brought in like more, um, varied influences and different kind of instrumentation and stuff like that. But it still had a bombastic, a lot of times like more, mm -hmm. it definitely was more in line with the normal Star Wars thing. But I think George really wanted him to go kind of away from the John Williams kind of classic thing and do something a little different, but it was not, I mean, at the time it was like, okay, this is, this is pretty different, but then you compare it to this and yeah. it's like, yeah, not really, not, not so different. Yeah. <laughs> and he proved he could do more of a standard kind of Star Wars vibe with uh, Star Wars Rebels, which had a more traditional Star Wars soundtrack and that was great also. But yeah, I, I would agree. I think by far the, the, the farthest out there, you know, so. Yeah. 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 Which is really cool. Um, and the soundtrack for the first episode, um, which is nine tracks, um, is up on streaming services now. Yeah, so. that is so cool. They put it up like the whole for like I mean I mean I don't know if it's the whole thing, but they put up a lot of music from yeah. chapter one, and uh, seems they'll do that every week. They'll put the new chapters up, so that's really cool. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Should we get into the let's episode? Get, let's get into the episode itself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so I guess now we can just kind of like freeform through, like, I don't think we need to give like a total plot synopsis. No, no, no. Um, but like, I think just what are the moments that were cool to you? What stuck out? Um, well, okay. So I'm looking at your bullet point here and I read the uh, piece from Anthony Bresnikan, the Mandalorian society hanging out underground. Like, mm -hmm. I somehow missed this, or, like, I I read the thing where he was like, oh, there's a bunch of Mandalorians in a room, and I was like, wait, what? I don't remember that. Is that right what? at the beginning? <laughs> no. Where is that? It's, like, a crucial plot point. I was like, because when I saw the, the Mandalorian blacksmith who, like, you know, changed the armor or whatever, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, there's another Mando. There's more than one. Is it that same scene? Yeah. Okay. There's, like, 30 Mandalorians. There's little Mando children, uh, foundlings, 
running around with their helmets on. Oh, okay. I do remember that. I remember. See, I remember hearing the term foundling. Yeah. Somehow, oh I goodness. somehow I like wow. didn't notice this stuff. I don't know. It was five in okay. the morning, but you also hate Mandalorians. No, I don't hate Mandalorians. You are you are anti uh Mandalore independence. Um I'm I have traditionally been anti Mandalorian society existing in the Star Wars narrative. <laughs> I don't want them to stop existing independently of the Star Wars narrative, but I would I would yeah, didn't like the episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels where it was like let's dem- let's show off this like complex political system and all that like no that was not something i was super into um and i kind of felt like too like okay and i feel the same way about Django fat in the prequels and all that stuff too it's sort of like well you know boba fett was like iconic character um a lot you know big part of that being because of what we didn't know about him so then i was like oh i feel it's actually you know i feel almost exactly the same way as i feel about the jedi I watched the prequels and like whenever, you know, that attack of the clones, like arena scene, whenever there's a million Jedi on screen, when you look at that screen and you see more Jedi than not Jedi, I am not into it. I dislike that strongly because they're not special anymore. They're like, they're everywhere. I don't like that at all. I like, I like the idea of like one Mando rolling into town. There he is. Damn. You know, or like when Obi-Wan's on Tatooine, there's that one Jedi hanging out in the desert. That's cool to me. Um, Tons of them I'm not as into, but. That being said, hey, you asked. That being I'm, said, I'm not even going to touch this. That being said, the episode. That being said, you know, we'll see what they do with it here because I don't think we're going to be sitting there watching like Mandalorian, uh, you know, congressional hearings about stuff like we were in Clone Wars and Rebels. So uh, maybe it'll be a little more um, toned down. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but okay. Not going to touch any of that. All right, what else about uh, the we Mandalorian? Can, we can unpack that in another time. All but right. um, I love I love this because, and I think, you know, I think the Clone Wars and Rebels, like, gave us a ton of context for this that makes it really cool now because now we're at, you know, post-Battle uh, of Endor, End of the Empire, and we've seen all this, like, crazy political... Uh, drama and like warrior clans and all this stuff and then now there's a mandalorian society living basically in the sewers like the murlocs from x-men and like just kind of like trying to carry on their way of life without um i mean we don't really know what the final state of mandalore is um post during this time period, I think. Um, but, like, they are carving out their own society here and, like, seeing, seeing like, the kids running around and playing and stuff, like, in these tunnels. Like, I thought it was really, really cool. And, like, I think the most interesting part to me is the way that the, the Mandalorian... Um, takes his wages and essentially gives them to the community like all of his uh what was it the the mon calamari uh squishy dollars um like the little tide pods or whatever um like he gives that and the um uh beskar 
Beskar Steel. Uh-huh. He gives that to the like dead mother, the blacksmith, and like gives it like back to that community. Like he doesn't keep anything for himself. Mm-hmm. And that's super interesting. And then and like there's that part where Werner Herzog is like, um, you know, it's it's good to see the Beskar Steel going back to a Mandalorian. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you know, this is enough steel. And she melts it down. She's like, you have earned a pauldron, which is like, you know, it's definitely like it's um, both pragmatic for a, you know, a warrior, but also like it's definitely symbolic uh-huh. as well. Um, and then and then she's like, this will also like, you know, educate we can also use this to equip and educate a bunch of foundlings. So like this is going to like, you know, pay into the community and help keep our traditions alive. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. It is cool. Um, yeah, it is cool. And, and I definitely caught that part, but, um, I didn't really kind of pick up on, I don't know, like you've definitely kind of picked up on more uh, of that kind of idea there than I did. Cause I was like, okay, well, he's going to have her turn this into a pauldron. That's what he's there. He's like buying a pauldron from her or whatever. And then she's like, hey, there's a bunch left over and, and that's going to go to the community and that's cool. And he was like, okay, cool, whatever. But but yeah, as you phrase it that way, it's like he he put that brick of Belscar or Beskar steel down and also those credits. And it's just like, yeah, he, he, he must not be motivated, obviously, by financial gain, which is an odd thing for a Mandalorian, or not for a Mandalorian, but for a, a bounty hunter. But um, yeah, I did think it was weird. It was like, why did he agree to half credits? You know, he wanted the Moncala currency instead of the Imperial. And is it like, because he's so mm-hmm. anti empire that he doesn't want anything that's like a reminder of that, or he doesn't want to be associated with that in any way, or is there something else to it? I don't know. Um, but you know, one thing I guess related to that, that I thought was interesting is I definitely thought throughout the first season, and it could still happen, I guess, in other ways, but I really thought throughout the first season, it would be more of a uh, this guy's a scoundrel, this guy's out for himself, this guy's a murderer, cold-blooded, whatever. But mm-hmm. we'll start to see the armor crack as the season goes on where it'll be like, well, he's kind of got a heart of gold, though, you know? And in this mm-hmm. episode, we see him, um, you know, like protecting more than anything else. I mean, he's trying to protect this clan or help, I guess, aid this clan of other Mandalorians. And then he's also uh, unwilling to... Um, uh, let IG-11 kill the being at the end of uh, the episode. So it's like, man, I mean, he's pretty much like straight up baby face, you know, after watching this episode. And I, I didn't expect that. I thought he'd be, which I think is good though, because it's like we've seen that before multiple times mm-hmm. with other characters in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's cool that he's just, what you see is what you get uh, in a lot of ways. It's clear he's yeah. got a complicated past, mm-hmm. but um, he seems to be a, a rather good dude, I would say, so far. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think we need, like, another, like, redemption saga yeah. right now. No, right, like, totally. I yeah. think it's, yeah, I think it's fine just to, like, throw us in with this dude, and, you know, I don't know. I felt Did like... Did we need another baby, episode... though? Because we're getting another baby. I mean, you know, we got one of those already. <laughs> Ooh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think, um, like, I he doesn't... Yeah, I think he's I think he's a good guy. People are calling him an anti-hero, but I I don't think so. I think he's just a straight up good guy. I mean, what like we, what, he's, yeah. 
I mean, he's a bounty hunter and, you know, he, um, you know, like he kills people, but, um, he's, I don't know. Cause I feel like Carl Weathers character, um, Griff, Graf, Kiff, I think it's grief, but I forget his last grief. name. Grief something. Karga. Grief Karga. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like he's a good guy too. Yeah. Like he's like, these are just people, you know, a community of people working together just to get by in like a lawless land. Um, and I think there is like, you know, some level of like moral code, um, here, um, actually reminds me a ton of like the character of the Witcher, um, in a, in a way, uh, but yeah, but he also has like zero remorse for, um, you know, the people he captures and kills, um, who are also, you know, we're meant to think that they're you know, kind of deserve it. Um, but if, even that scene with the 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 alien, I forget who plays him. Uh, Horatio Sands. Yeah, Horatio Sands, that, that dude in the beginning. Oh, it's God. like he was so annoying and he kept talking and kept talking. And I was like, if this dude's really an anti-hero or whatever, he's a super bad dude, he's just going to like punch that dude or shoot him or knock him out or whatever. And like he, mm-hmm. he like let that dude go down there and, uh, you know, get his molting on or whatever. Um <laughs> And granted, he knew, I think he obviously had it figured out. That was pretty funny. He had it figured out that this was, you know, not legit or whatever, but he gave the guy a chance. And, like, seriously, the guy was so annoying. You would just kill him or knock him out or whatever, and he didn't. (laughs) Or just throw him in carbonite from day one because he's just going to piss you off all the way to wherever you're going. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, he just doesn't seem um, like he wants to be cruel, you know? So Yeah. uh, He seems pretty patient and pretty willing to deal with people, so. Yeah. We'll see, I mean, yeah. as the and, show goes on, but... Yeah, and I mean, that also, like, that whole segment, in addition to being hilarious, um, is also, um, you know, it tells us a lot about his character, because the guy's like, you know, whatever they're paying you, like, I'm gonna pay you more. Like, I'll, I'll get you more money. Yeah. But, like, there is that, like, code and allegiance to the guild, where... He's like, you know, I'll get paid less, but I'm doing the right thing. Or like, or I'm being consistent with my coworkers yeah. in the guild. Well, and you uh, have to imagine if that's your job, you know, and word starts to get out that like when you capture a bounty, if they pay you more, <laughs> you let them go. Yeah. Like, do you want to hire that bounty hunter? Probably not. Right. So um <laughs> doesn't seem like good business um to do that True. for his line of work. But yeah. Um, Nick Nolte uh is the best part of this episode he's amazing and i'll tell you what after watching horatio sands i was like man that that alien might be the standout on this episode but like no <laughs> nick nolte unbelievable i'm a little concerned we were not going to get more nolte though I, I bet he'll have to go back i mean they they built a relationship of a, of, a, of a kind so i bet he'll go back to him on, uh, for some reason but you know it was one of those things where it's like okay well i don't think we're gonna get more ig11 you know um and nick nolte like you know, he served his purpose. And so we didn't yeah. know Horatio Sands was going to be in the show. Uh, we didn't know the guy from whatever sitcom that played the speeder, the Uber guy. Yeah. Uh, Brian pushing. Yeah. We didn't know he was going to be in it. So I'm just like, man, do they have like a million crazy cameos and they're just going to be like, every episode is going to be a new Nick Nolte. Um, and though this is all the Nolte we get, you know, but, uh, I, I mean, I probably not, but I could see that almost at this point, the way things are going. So, 
but he was so cool. He was so funny. He looked yeah. so good. Uh, man, that was definitely a highlight for me. I love that. Yeah. Perfect and, casting. And, yeah. And I love what that relationship represented too, because it was like very, um, just like he meets this guy, the guy is helpful. He wants to like reward him for helping. He wants to pay him. He's like, you deserve this money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like a lot of, it felt like there was a lot of mutual respect there, you know? Um, and it was just a, yeah, it was just a cool, um, kind of good thing to watch it was it was great yeah yeah and it actually seemed like um those two were pretty aligned mm-hmm. um and they both were just like the the galaxy sucks right now like there's a ton of bad people everything's gone to hell uh especially here and like we gotta just do what we can as individuals to make it better yeah yeah uh yeah okay i'll tell you what i'm 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 at about the 10 minute warning so we need to talk about the ending of this show the only other bullet point on here that we haven't talked about is the humor but you know i've got some thoughts but why don't we wait until after the second chapter and see kind of where it goes and we'll have a little more consistency on that but Nobody's listening anymore that doesn't want it spoiled, but if you are, make sure you turn this episode off right now because we are about to spoil the spoiler in the episode. Um, and it's wild. It's crazy. Um, I don't know how to describe it, um, Ryan. Uh, it's I guess it's it's what it is. is, is at the end of the episode, they, they get their bounty, um, IG-11 and, uh, and the Mandalorian that they had agreed to share, and, or to share. And it becomes clear, like, okay, well, we got to open this thing up and then uh, before you see what's in there, it becomes clear that it's like a baby bassinet or whatever um, carrier, and you still don't see what's in there. And it's like, oh, wow, it's a baby, you know, and oh, I've heard rumors, you know, online that he's going to be protecting a baby or whatever. And then it's baby Yoda, and it's out of control. Like, it's unbelievable. Uh It's so wild. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it's actually Yoda, but it's a baby Yoda species, so it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's really interesting the way they set it up because they're like um, Werner Herzog's character, which I need to just remember his name. Um, so I stopped calling him Werner Herzog. But, um, the WrestleMania fan, you could call him that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, you know, he's saying like, okay, I'm giving you this bare minimum of information. And, like, he's giving it to the Mandalorian, but he's giving it to the audience yeah. to get yeah. us, you know, guessing. Expository like, dialogue, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's like, okay, the Bing is 50 years old. So, like, immediately my head's like, is this, are they going, is he, like, going to capture Snoke? <laughs> That's where my head went. Okay. And, like... I was like, okay, like, who's someone who's going to be, like, 80 years old by the time of, you know, the sequel trilogy or whatever? Um, And so I was like, oh, like, and I was like, I was picturing, like, it's, or is it like, oh, is it Lor Santeca? Like, you know, what, you know, what's a being, like, who's a person in the sequel trilogy that's, like, 80? And so... Um, so that's what I'm thinking. And then it like, you get to that part you were just describing where it's like a ball. And I was like, oh, well, that's probably not going to be like Snoke or, you know, Brendel Hawks or, you know, whoever else. Okay. Now, now I have no idea 
what this is. And then, uh, it could not, uh, have surprised me more. Um, you get the, uh, you get a Last Jedi-esque reveal of the first shot is the back of the head with just the ears, uh, which is where you're like, oh. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then, you know, you turn, like, the camera finally shows this uh, 50-year-old Bing, and it is the uh, the Bing, mm-hmm. um, as it's referred to. Um, and it's this, like, Yoda slash Yaddle uh, species, but it is, like, a newborn baby. Oh. Despite being 50 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And it's, like, really cute. Um, I feel like... I'll have to watch it again, but I feel like it doesn't look... I don't know. It almost looks like an emoji or something. You know what I mean? Like, it, they went so cute on it that it's, like, kind of cartoony, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> big, big baby eyes and, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, um, like in the moment I wasn't like, oh, that looks fake or anything. It was just like, wow, this is kind of a stylized. It's the most CG looking yeah. thing on the show. Yeah. 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 And the least grounded looking thing, I feel like, you know, I mean, yeah. I guess maybe those two yeah, things. M- yeah. Maybe that's more appropriate because yeah. like everything else is just like all dirty and dusty. Right. And this is like this like glowing youthful, yeah. you know, creature. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, you had texted me about this um, this morning and said like basically that you thought it was really meaningful because this is like the one thing that you could never touch in Star Wars storytelling. And here Dave Filoni, this protege of George Lucas in his first episode of live action television, you know, that he's directed is playing with this idea. Um, And I thought that was a very well put and and pretty smart, uh, you know, observation and then later in the day i read uh a piece from anthony bresnikin in vanity fair where he said almost exactly that and i was like did you somehow read anthony bresnikin's piece before he posted it or are you guys just like just on the same wavelength yeah yeah i guess we're on the same maybe when you took that picture with him at uh at star wars celebration maybe like a little bit of (laughs) telekinesis occurred or something you're maybe linked we formed a connection a red string uh perhaps um (laughs) Um, but uh so yeah, what is no, the shipper think... how do we ship this like what's the name for um <laughs> grovnikin maybe <laughs> R- rybrez uh, uh, okay. Ry- all right okay. okay anyways um no i think um i think a lot of star wars fans were thinking of this i'm sure like it was top of mind for a lot of people um you know i think it's uh it's a place where um you know there's just there's a lot of weight and meaning um in you know in that and well a lot I of smart a lot of star wars fans are more insightful than me then because i was like oh my god i can't believe they did this i'm shocked i never would have expected them to do this but i never went to and it's george letting dave filoni do it you know what i mean and you went right there so that's pretty i don't know it's pretty interesting to the dark you t- uh, yeah. i did not even hesitate you you <laughs> it had something you wanted and you just went right for it yeah yeah totally yeah um no i think it's like it's significant on so many levels and it like it kind of makes me tear up thinking about it is like live action star wars tv show was you know george's white whale it's the one thing he didn't accomplish you know yeah in his ownership it's something he felt super passionate about and he never got there so i think we already got like 
a great, you know, we got that feeling back when Dave Filoni was announced as the episode of the, you're the director of the first episode. It was like, oh man, Dave's, or George's protege is doing the first episode of this thing that George always wanted to do. So we already had that there. But then I think this just puts like another layer on it of just like, man, no one was allowed to touch this. This was the one, you know, the one thing that you couldn't you couldn't touch in Star Wars. Um, I don't really think there was anything else like off limits in the same way as the Yoda Yaddle species. Um, because people took, you know, in the EU, people took Star Wars just about everywhere and touched definitely everything. Yeah. Um, and I would love so, to know how this occurred. You know what I mean? Like, is it Favreau? Is it Filoni? Mm-hmm. Uh, that says, you know what? We, we got to do, let's, let's make it baby Yoda or like a baby Yoda, you know, species or whatever. Or is it like an idea that potentially even comes from George in some way? You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I'm starting to feel more and more like he's a little, at least a little more involved than we know that he is. Like he really seems to maybe be kind of involved, you know, it basically in like the story consultant way that, you know, there was the famous breakup after Force Awakens and, you know, okay, he's not doing that anymore. But I wonder mm-hmm. if he is maybe a little more unofficially but uh, or a little more on the down low. But I feel like he's, I, I got a feeling that maybe Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni and people like that are kind of calling George all the time and, and he might be involved. And, and, and I think we talked about it in a recent episode, but uh, JJ had said too that, you know, they'd met with George about Rise of Skywalker before they even worked on, before they started that script or anything, you know. So mm-hmm. the idea that he's completely disconnected or whatever, I it's probably not true. So I wonder if this oh, could even yeah. have been like, is it something where Dave Filoni and John Favreau are like, dude, let's just go for it. Let's just do baby Yoda. Or is it a thing where, you know, George even maybe suggested, I don't know, but well, and we saw some footage today of George hanging out on the set of the Mandalorian. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that. Oh yeah. It's um, man. It's like the best footage. Um, It's got like, you know, uh, John and, dave like you know working together hanging out and then like george lucas is just like also hanging out and explaining things with his hands drinking um drinking a starbucks with a uh you know with kathleen kennedy um it's uh it's definitely pretty fantastic um and you know those uh those set visits are still happening Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. It was uh, updating um, Elliot on when I'm going to be done, which uh, needs to be uh, pretty ASAP. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, kind of I kind of missed that, but I need to see the footage. Where do I see it? Um, I just retweeted it. Um, I saw it from Talking Bay 94. Oh, OK. Um, Great. There's no sound, but uh, there's a video of it. OK, awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's wrap up, Ryan. Uh and we're going to be back in a couple days to talk more Mando and Chapter Two and all that stuff. I'm holding a lot in right I'm now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But let's let's talk about uh, just quickly as we wrap up here the the whole Yoda thing. We talked about like what it means, like you know, on a meta level and outside of Star Wars mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, just how do you feel about it as a I guess the MacGuffin of the Mandalorian series and like this important plot point going forward? And like, what are you, what are your feelings about the whole thing? 
I mean, I think we're going to get a totally new style of Star Wars story here. If it goes the way I'm assuming it's going to go, I think um, the being is going to be a, uh, you know, a secret responsibility of the Mandalorian. I think he is going to transport the being. I think he's going to try to keep its presence hidden. Um, And I think the being is you know going to be pretty defense defenseless mm-hmm. um and we know that like he's the mandalorian is pretty uh powerful doesn't show much sign of weakness um you know from this first episode um he's you know a super skilled warrior who you know um likes the odds of four stormtroopers against him um great moment but uh now he's going to have a weakness yeah like something that can be attacked and exploited to get to him and he's going to have to like you know do the right thing and protect the being and this is like you know it's like the road or lone wolf and cub or um something like it's a type of storytelling that we haven't really seen in star wars before Mm. yeah yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for him to be protective um, and protecting this this character. Uh, the Yoda thing, I am. I think it's a really fun surprise in Episode One. Uh, I'm really curious to see where it goes and what they'll do with that part of it, and like the impact it'll have on on the Star Wars uh, universe and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know what 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 it'll be uh i, I kind of like the idea of yoda as the sacred thing that you know they don't play with too much um but then i also kind of like the the excitement of like oh my god i never expected that and now they're doing something with it um mm-hmm. i'm very curious about what the significance will be like is it like oh this is a really rare uh species and they're worth a lot of money you know and so we were gonna give them to the highest bidder or something or is there some like more mythos based kind of meaning to it and and significance in that he's not just protecting a helpless being but he's protecting something of significance to the galaxy or whatever you know i wonder uh kind of where things are gonna go with that i really don't know um but i'm definitely curious so yeah Um, and i think it's worth noting that the only two um creatures in this uh species that we've seen have been like very strong force users in yoda and yaddle so Uh, i'd like to maybe do a little more purposeful forgetting about yaddle than you you seem to be pretty big on bringing yaddle up every time you bring up yoda um you can't i don't think we need to think about yaddle all that much but i think we need to think about yaddle she was on the jedi council oh yeah um all right well okay fair enough fair enough we can spend the next couple days thinking about yaddle as we prepare for our our episode this weekend so um yeah i need to watch the mandalorian chapter one again i i I, uh i definitely need to watch it again so i'm excited to do that can't wait to see the next i'm gonna go do it again right now nice nice i'm gonna do a third viewing (laughs) very good very good cool so um yeah i'm sure uh any uh listeners or viewers will be um definitely um on disney plus big time over the next couple days and uh we'll check back in with you guys um, this weekend. So until then, you can find everything we do at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. Uh, email us and let us know what you think about The Mandalorian. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at blockaderun. Ryan, you're on Twitter at... Bra 
Brawn Dwarf, B-R-A-W-N-D-W-A-R-F, and you can tweet me all your thoughts about Yaddle. Don't stop thinking about Yaddle. Yeah, you can just bypass the official Black and Rare account and go straight to Ryan with the with the good uh, Yaddle content. I find Yaddle kind of sketch, but... Um, Yep, I do. All right, so, um, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon with more uh, Mandalorian content and more Star Wars content. And, uh, oh, you don't like that? You, you find the word content? Don't say content. Oh, content is sketch to you. All right, we'll be back with some more sketchy uh, Star Wars talk. Yep, some more sketch talk. Uh, all right, bye. Bye.